0: Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we're excited to have Robert Reddick join us on the podcast. Robert's been a, a longtime member of the Charlotte startup community. Um, he had his first startup back in the 2000s, the early 2000s, in TV, which was a concept very similar to what YouTube eventually and several years later developed into. Over the last couple of years, Robert's been working on another startup here in Charlotte, which hopefully isn't too ahead of its time, um, Gate Staff. Um, he's been a, a longtime member of the startup community, um, a friend for the last couple of years, and is getting ready, or I guess just beyond launching Gate Staff, and we thought it would be a great time to sit down, hear a story, connect on some things that he'd like to see Charlotte do better in the Charlotte startup ecosystem, um, and just get a better sense for, uh, for his startup in general. So Robert, thanks so much for joining us today on the Charlotte Angel Connection. Thank you, William. It's great to be here. So I'll um, reluctantly say that the podcast audience itself is going to not hear this first because Robert's live-streaming this for the first time on Facebook for us. So we'll see how our Facebook feed goes today. But um, all that being said, um, we're not here to talk about live-streaming Facebook. We're here to talk a little bit about you. So, um Can you take a little bit of time and just bring us up to speed on what GateStaff is and kind of what problem it's solving?
1: Sure. Well, William, thanks for having me on. um, You're welcome. (laughs) Nice, nice intros. So so, uh, GateStaff is a workforce management system, and we originally designed it for the entertainment sector. Uh, We work primarily with staffing companies and sports teams venues um, for instance and they utilize our software to manage their temporary employees and so um, what is unique and novel about gate staff uh, is that it works uh, very well for high volume staff environments that's one one part of it it's also a really simple solution with respect to what else is out there and so for people who manage a lot of employees for instance uh temporary employees you you interact with them through the invitation process and through the through the work check-in process, and part of what we have have developed is a a check-in model that works uh, you know in a staffing environment. So the um, the the folks that we work with they we've been we we originally developed Gate Staff uh, our first generation software about six years ago. Okay. Yeah, and so— And your first first user was? uh, An NFL stadium. Okay. Yeah, and so we have uh, uh, had about a half a million check-ins since we rolled it out. And now we're developing a new generation. Did you go to them, or did they come to you? How did that work? So it came uh, through—it came initially through the staffing company. And what happened was we built it for the staffing company, a, a staffing company that was working at the building. And they started seeing that it was working pretty well and the bu- and the building proper was on, on actually still doing things on paper. Sort of spreadsheets, printouts, still still very common in I mean you think about a volunteer community. What's the first thing they're gonna reach for if they have to manage their staff? If they have to manage a bunch of volunteers. They're gonna create an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And so that's it's very common. It still is. Yeah. And we still we still find buildings that are that are doing things like that. But um I think what's unique about what we what we do is that we're really simple for those those type of environments, and this next generation that we're working on makes our product better for mobile phones, better for ta- tablets, for instance, uh, works better with a lot of scan scanning environments, which is important. Um, and so yeah, we're we're excited. We're still we're still finishing up. What you know where we are with our next generation. We call it Gate Staff three right now. Okay. But um, yeah, it's getting better all the time.
0: So you started it six years ago. Mm-hmm. Launched it with an NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and at what point in time did you decide it was worth expanding further? What was that kind of aha moment that hey this works for for an NFL stadium can it work beyond this?
1: Sure. Well I, I think we we begin to see traction with respect to the user the people who are checking in and people really liking our stuff. And I, I think the biggest thing is that is that the you know my two co-founders with with Gate Staff we sat down before we launched the company and talked about the markets and talked about what people were utilizing our software for and, and frankly the share economy stuff was a big part of that conversation as well uh, you know uber and, and, and Lyft and Airbnb and all these companies are, are are part of a check-in phenomena you might say that's happening uh, economically and so <clears throat> Our initial take was not to rebuild Gatestaff. gate staff. Our initial take actually was to try to build a toolkit to build an Uber. And so we spent about a year working on various concepts and prototypes around that. But anyway, to get back to your question, we sat down and, and talked about where the markets were going and, and what we could do about it, whether it was an opportunity there. And so we decided to put together a company, and frankly, it was a bit of a tinkering in the beginning to see where we were going with it. So we had software, we started tinkering with some new stuff. Um, sort of toolkit, framework type stuff. And then um, we basically began to build Gate Staff again because the demand kept coming towards us. Okay. And so we kept hearing people wanted to use it and, and people liking, you know, liking uh, the way Gate Staff worked. We did a lot of competitive intel, uh, competitive research. I mean, there are tons of systems out there that do HR tech. Yeah. And so we're in, a, we're in a very busy space. But I, I think our our take on it is that check-ins are a very wide market. They're absolutely establishing presence. We check in everywhere. I mean, we probably all three checked in five times already somewhere today and didn't even realize it. Yeah. So we're, we're checking in, you know, as a society all over the place. And so we see we see that there's a common thread there, that, that all these check-ins can, can create I suppose one way I would I would say it is it creates a floor for identity transactions, and so we believe that we are also part of that equation. Not quite sure where it fits yet. Code still has to be developed. Yeah, uh, we're just moving things along, you know, bit by bit. So. You
0: so you've essentially got an active user base as you continue to relaunch your product. Mm-hmm. Um, so one might say you have an alpha base or a beta base. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you go live with version three?
1: So uh, we' we're working we're working to get things out by the fall. okay And we're, I like that. Yeah we've, got, yeah we've got some testing happening. I right love now. I love
0: startups that tell me September 1. How, yeah. how about we put that out to <laughs> fall? Maybe
1: October. Yeah. Where, where's anybody uh, with their timing? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Software's difficult. You put it in that sense. you put it out too early, you burn your bridge. Oh. It's one of the reasons I don't really go out and do a lot of pre-cell recruiting. People are calling us; they do want a solution like mm-hmm. this. We have a lot of connections within the entertainment sector because of my business partners are you know around this. So it's it's not like we don't have people to test it with. And also, I mean, I've been in you know in the entertainment. I used to work for the Charlotte Hornets okay.
0: basketball team, and so.
1: Um, so does, that mean you so, an,
0: does that mean you have an MBA franchise using
1: your software sometime soon as well? <laughs> so we're working on that. I area. hear you. Yeah, we're working on that. So, um, But because of that, you know, I've been around that sector for a long time. I understand how it operates. I understand how staffing is integrated. I understand what their challenges are at the back gate. I mean, essentially, gate staff was built to manage the back gate of the building. Yeah. And so I think the next generation will, will continue that, that presence. Uh, we do hope to roll out by the fall, and we've got some testing happening right now. So,
0: okay. Yeah. You said earlier that you tinkered around with rolling out an Uberish of mm-hmm. things for a year or so. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, you actually saw some of those things. I did see oh, some oh of those show, things. I showing
1: you demos along the way with a lot of enthusiasm and then yep. failed rejection for, okay, that's not going to
0: work. Well, it's because you're <laughs> using your Google phone, which didn't seem to work anywhere it went anyways. Oh, boy. Um, well, they won't be a sponsor, will they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't I don't think we'll have Google as a sponsor anytime soon. <laughs> At least not their phone division. Um, what um you know what I mean, obviously, you know, startups go down different paths mm-hmm. and um, sometimes you go down a path and it's the path that you want to stay on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and other times you go on a path and, and you're down it for a while and you realize, oops, that was a mistake. I, I need to go in a different direction. So what sure. was that what was that like for y'all? I mean, obviously you went down it, you mm-hmm. stayed on it for I mean, a year's not an insignificant amount of time. Um,
1: no. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. It
2: as
0: isn't. you took <laughs> to yourself.
1: Um, yeah, we're about two and a half in right
0: now. Yeah. So, yeah. What's um, what was the cause to kind of shut that down um, and realize that wasn't the direction you wanted to take?
1: Well uh, you know, people look for product market fit. You know, they're trying to determine whether or not people will buy the product, use the product, what
0: And what was that product fit so it wasn't it's, you weren't going for an Uber for cab for as a cab company.
1: Our, uh, some of our initial prototypes were built around labor matching. Okay. And so uh, we, see, we see, of course, a lot of that happening now. There's, there's actually sort of a big rush going on in labor matching around uh, restaurant labor, for mm-hmm. instance, catering operations. There's, I've identified a number of companies that are doing that, as well as some, some startups that are, that are in the space or thinking about being in the space. Uh, but going back going back 18 months to two years when we were working on um, on, on our I don't know we didn't really have a name for it um, uber toolkit what have you yeah we were we were building we were building we built a labor matching system and we also built um, a, a piece that had a geographic component which is necessary for the, the taxi side of things yeah um, why did we abandon mm-hmm. you know why did we You sort of go back to our original mission. It wasn't going to work. I mean, it's just, some of it's a gut, you know, and frankly, we didn't have the metrics or the math to be able to prove it out, which is a better way to run a startup. But if your gut is telling you, it's not going to work. Or, another way to look at it is, that's a box of code we might be able to come back to. Right, we built something, it did a certain thing, it wasn't good enough, it was going to be too hard to polish it the right way. So we
0: moved on. So you moved on. You've got gate staff version 3.0 mm-hmm. that you're working on today. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, so the version? Uh, we have version, several boxes
1: of code.
0: Yeah, yeah, several boxes. We have several so, boxes of code. Um, as I would imagine most startups too, right? They no, do, right? No, I think, they, I think yeah. they do, yeah. No, no startups, a, a clean slate for sure. Some things
1: are on the table and some things
0: are. Yeah. Um, Not. So version one was a check-in for, mm-hmm. um, for, and NFL Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other people picked it up along the way. Version mm-hmm. 2 was an Uberish of things that never really. Yeah, that's
1: sort of why we're skipping. Uh, yeah, uh, we're calling two. Gate Staff 3. Yeah. Because uh, we spent a, a lot of time in 2 and well, in a it, couple of divisions of 2A, two 2.0. Yeah.
0: Well, you. 3.0 sounds better than 2.0, it right? Does. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, um, it does. Um, yeah you're just...
1: available for uh, branding and yeah. uh, consulting, are you?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> in theory. But, um, <laughs> So 3.0 takes you back to your roots where you're looking more on a check-in process. Yeah, but um, we're also
1: going wider with it. Uh-huh. We believe, we believe it will be utilized in, in more labor environments. Uh, and frankly, the, the, the game here is to get more on the guests. Maybe not the guest side of things, but the employee side of things. Um, I mean, the guest, uh, the guest side of things is a big, is a big deal too. These, are, these buildings are all trying to deploy uh, guest-related services. Uh, you know, through a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity, they're doing some sniffing to try to figure out who's in the building, things like that. If they've got an app, then the app can, can tie that together and they can, can, can tie together the guest experience. So there's a lot of things that can happen. We need effectively buyers for some of those things. But, you know, it's like prototype first, then, you know, buyer demos. It's hard to get stuff built from paper. Yep. You know, you really need to move on the code these days. you got to build stuff.
0: Okay. Um, so talk a little bit about your team, if you can.
1: Sure.
0: Um, you know, any team is what's going to drive the success of a startup, right? I mean, you've got um, you to have background, you have experience, some technical mm-hmm. capabilities, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah,
1: I mean, um, I think absolutely. I mean, Gatestaff is nothing without the other team members and us working together in concert.
0: You don't think Sam and I could take Gatestaff as a concept and develop it?
1: Uh, I mean, you could take your version of it and what you see and the yeah. vision that you have for it for sure, and I would be supportive of you being in that market.
0: We, we'd run in it you'd be supportive of us, <laughs> us being in the market because sure, you yeah. know we driving into the ground. <laughs> so
1: but, we just steer around you yeah
0: <laughs> exactly over.
1: No, you guys would be you yeah. guys would be great at that. I mean frankly, anybody that gets their head into it yeah. and they start thinking about it if they're if they're savvy about it, they're gonna see opportunity. and that's yeah. what that's what entrepreneurship is and yeah. you, know? you see opportunity. You see a pattern, you deploy. You do something about it. So what's the team? So uh, Ryan Fields is our lead developer. Okay. And Todd Stewart is our business partner. He's more on the finance side. Uh, Ryan comes from a background of startups. He worked with, in, with me on MTV. Okay. And so we built um, an online television service, about 100, 100 channels back in 2000. Uh, ran into some browser-centric you know, stuff that just sort of threw us under the bus. We spent about two years building software, and I mean, ESPN, for instance, I showed it to ESPN, and they said this is the best revenue model we've seen in streaming. And that was 2001. Yeah. And I took it to a VC here in Charlotte. There were VCs in Charlotte in 2001? I, I won't go into much more detail than that. Yeah. But, uh, the the end of the conversation was no one's going to watch television at the internet.
0: Yeah. So you send him a um, a Thanksgiving card every year.
1: Him or her. Him or her. Yeah. Or her, yeah. yeah I okay. Do, I do that. But um uh, uh so so Ryan Ryan and I've been working together for uh for quite a while. We've had a number of projects that we've worked on. Some of them were client centric. Clients paid us to do things. Uh, but most of it's been entrepreneurship. That we're putting ideas out and trying to figure out. You know how to make some money from, uh, you know, as a startup. Uh, Todd on, Todd comes from the staffing back uh, staffing industry. And okay. He also works with touring acts around the country. Okay, so, so he's on tour this summer, basically. Okay, um, all around the country, all around the world, frankly. he's, okay. he's worked with some of the largest uh, rock and roll bands in the country.
0: So, okay, so, so, if, so. I wanted, if I wanted I want to get my foot in the door in the rock and roll industry, I, I've got, I've got a connection now.
1: Possibly. Can you just give me your card? We'll yeah. get back to you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, so we're a small t- we're a small team. Uh, <laughs> we bring we bring, bring different facets. Todd brings the you know the financial financial management side, and, and really sort of the adult in the room. I'll say.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Todd, or uh, Ryan and I are, are hacking the code, and I don't work in the code side, but I work with him on the design. Uh, aspects and how things, but you can get your
0: hands a little dirty in the code side of things, right?
1: Well, I look, uh, I look for uh, how it's going to play with yep. our with our customers and our audience, but it's more design side stuff. I'm actually not not writing code. Okay, fair enough. But uh, but Ryan is a very accomplished developer. Has been uh, all his life, basically been a coder since he was 12, 13 years
0: old. So. Okay, um, and he's not thirteen is not okay good no. um, what did you so you, uh, the two of y'all worked on NTV together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we, al-
1: we also built a, a, a software a, when f- smartphones first came out yeah a, a vi- uh, Blackberry. video, video yeah. smartphones yeah uh, picture phones. we built a, an app for the towing industry okay to be able to take pictures of, <clears> of accidents for the insurance companies nobody wanted it and they didn't it's not that they didn't want it they didn't want the media. They didn't want the pictures. Okay. The tow company didn't want the pictures. Okay. The insurance company didn't want the pictures, and the person who wrecked the car didn't want the pictures. Yeah. Because no one wanted the evidence. Yeah. No one could tell how it was going to play out, so no one wanted to touch it. Did it people? was really a funny yeah. situation. We went to the we went to the tow show up in Chicago. And yeah. We showed it to a bunch of tow people, <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, we love this. We don't want this."
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you know, sometimes you're sometimes you're early. Yeah. Do they use it now? In that case, it was you know. Sociologically, it yeah. was early. It was
0: too early. Do, do companies use that technology now?
1: No, we we blew through
0: that. I know, but not but, your version, but do insurance companies and tow companies use something similar or no? I,
1: I, would think, I would think they would they would have to. Yeah. Yeah, they would have to. But I, our our model was to get the towing company to basically offer it as a subscription to, you know, we're going to go out to a wreck, here it is, you mm-hmm. want it, yeah. you know, here's a fee, we'll, we'll charge you for that fee. It's a little tech and complicated for them, but
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is what did you learn from NTV, and I guess even from the um, from yeah. the uh, the tow company app yeah. or whatever it would have been called? What you learned there that is helping you today?
1: So uh, persistence is a is a big thing. I mean, you you cannot be uh, battling it out in startup land unless you you know have some patience. You know, there's a big part of that. Um, trying to get too far ahead of yourself,
0: but patience can be a, I mean, it can be a bitch sometimes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've got a concept that is, um, you know, ready to start to help people do stuff, and mm-hmm. if they're not willing and able to see that, yeah, um, then I mean, your patience can can run out. How do you handle that?
1: Well, you switch to another customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is when you're early, uh, you cannot dally. Yeah, you've got to find somebody who wants it and, you're, and really engage and work with them. Uh, ultimately, it will find its its market, or you'll go out. Yeah. and you won't be able to to deploy it. So
0: um, So patience, you learn patience. You learn. persistence. Yeah, I think some of
1: it because we were really pushing and pushing and pushing, and that was not proper, and it yeah. really wasn't productive. So I think some of it is that uh, to to make you know get it right, and that, that's different from perfection, right? Perfection is. Is, is no one can see it until it's done. That's not how we're operating. It's, it might seem like that, but our stuff's available. If people want to look for it, it's there. If people want to ask for it, they can test it. Okay. And for people that we're talking to about it, we're actively sharing it. I mean, I've shared it with NFL teams this season. Okay. So it's not it's not like it's in a vacuum. Uh, so some, so per- perfection and, and patience are two different things. I think other things that I learned is... Um, I mean, I, I, I almost feel you asking me about money and whether or not we should have gone out earlier or should be out sooner or things like that. Well, but it's a that? part of yeah. the equation. There's no question. I mean,
0: um, I mean folks in Silicon, I mean, you know, you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Folks in Silicon Valley will raise, um, uh, you know, I have an idea this morning. I I've jot started. it down on a piece of paper, and I go yeah. to the coffee shop and say, "Hey, I need a million bucks to get this thing off the ground," and mm-hmm. they're raising on a scribble it's, pad. It, exactly,
1: it's a, it's a napkin, and I believe those stories are, are true. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I've been out in that culture. I was out there three times last year. Yeah. So I mean, I, um, yeah, I think people are are much more liquid with with those kind of. I mean, the thing is, is is the investors there are very flush with what is in the active startup community. Yeah. So, okay, that's novel. I'm not sure other parts of the country, other than maybe the larger um, entrepreneurial centers. I think in, in in the larger entrepreneurial centers, like uh, you know in, uh, New York, Boston, uh, Seattle, and Denver. Charlotte. Boston, San Francisco. Yeah. I think in these areas, the VCs are... are Really close to the to the ground. You know they're listening. They're they're hearing the newest thing all the time, and so they're able to easily uh, assess an idea. I think in other parts of the country, investors may not have as much experience in certain technologies, and so they're going to be second or third or fourth in or something like that. I mean I can't really speak for their business yeah. uh, per se, but uh, I do I do recognize the difference in the conversations you might say. So why don't you I mean for a startup like this, I mean, you know, you and
0: I've talked Mm -hmm. and um it's a it's a it's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Um it's a big addressable market. Mm -hmm. Um it can um uh, trillion check-ins. Yeah, it can it can go pretty big if you um if you figure it out and part of figuring it out is having enough runway and part of having enough runway is having enough capital. Um and you sit in Charlotte, and we, you and I have talked about it before. Charlotte mm-hmm. is, you know, the angel scene is more like a little miniature Series A scene. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a Venture Capital scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the mini Series A scene is not a big scene as far as you're not going to raise $5 million in, a, um, yeah. in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle, you could. San Francisco, you probably could. Um we can I don't move know. it. Yeah, why um, Well, it's cheaper why not? here. Yeah, it is cheaper here. It is cheaper here, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're hunkered down. I mean, that's the reality, is for us to roll this product out, um, you know, we're not—yes, we love to, to talk to investors who are, are interested in, this, in the HR tech space.
0: Have you started that conversation yet? We've had a few of those. Um, why? If you're not ready to raise money, why are you starting to have these conversations?
1: Well, I think that uh, well, for one thing, practice. Yeah. Right. You you have to get out and, and get in front of people and and tune your message. I mean, we did the Moon cups, uh, Yeah. To, to to try to get out just a bit of a foundation. Um, we've thrown that version away, by the way. Okay. So if anybody goes online and looks at that at that demo, that that one's gone.
0: It's probably not a bad idea. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's like you said, practice, right? Practice.
1: practice. That's right. So we're practicing rolling out code, but um, so. But you've been elsewhere. I mean,
0: not just Mm -hmm. here. You've talked to folks
1: across... um... Yeah, I mean, I was in Austin this uh, spring, and we met with a a friend of an investor network, I would say. Uh, His his response to us was, well, you're checking on all these people, and you don't have any data on any of them. No one's going to buy your stuff. No one's going to invest in your company. And And I thought to myself... This was right when the Facebook uh, privacy breach mm-hmm. uh, occurred. And I thought to myself, I don't know that that's true. Because I really see us going in, in, into a shift where privacy becomes a, a part of all these conversations. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, that's what's, that's part of what's driving us. You know, So our, our part of our mission with respect to gate staff and what we're trying to accomplish is to work with that employee, that worker, contractor, temporary staff, whoever they are. We want to give them some integrity in what they're doing. Yeah, frankly, they're getting abused. They're they're getting slapped around all over the place. If you're if you're a low wedge worker, you're checking into probably two or three different systems a week. Yeah, and they're different. And it's not that that's that big a thing. You know, people can be trained to use phones and check in environments and all that kind of stuff. But it's got to be a little bit annoying that every place that you go is asking you to do a different form of digital check in. Yeah. And so, effectively, what we're trying to do is is provide an environment, a technical environment, where we can begin to homogenize that, you know, make it normalize it, make it similar for everybody, and then similar rules around the privacy aspect. Uh, who gets to you know who gets to control the data? Who gets to see the schedules? Because right now, the employer has all the leverage.
0: So in 2001, a, a VC here in Charlotte told you that nobody would watch TV online. Mm-hmm. In 2018, um, an investor in Austin told you that nobody would use your software because there's no um, not data collection. There's not enough data on the user. Mm-hmm. Um, 2001 was wrong. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, there's a company called Netflix and a company yeah, called YouTube. Two, a, two yeah, or three of those. Yeah. If we'd have just stayed with it, yeah. gosh,
1: if we'd have just stayed with it.
0: Um, how's he going to be wrong?
1: With the data? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he's not wrong. He's he, but he's looking at a view. He's not wrong in the sense that if we had data, and I, I mean I worked in the background check business for ten years. Data is data is the new oil. They say right. So. There's, so why not collect it? I mean oil's a you know it's a nice commodity. I suppose so. (laughs) Um, I think I think that we have to have you know, there's a larger conversation going on here about, you know, sociology and and economics and opportunity and have and have nots and all that. There's a larger conversation going on here. And the root of that conversation is privacy. Yeah. The root of that conversation is how people engage these systems with digital identities, whether they're getting rogered or not, whether they're getting things taken from them or not, that's the part of the larger conversation. And so we want to be on the right side of history with that. I think that's an important aspect. And I think another aspect is that the people who are stand to lose the most have the least representation. Yeah. They simply don't have people out there fighting for them to some degree. That conversation is starting to happen in, in, like, for instance, in San Francisco. I think they're starting to really acknowledge how much um, Facebook is uh, has a, some cultural negatives around it. And, and so, I mean, I, I, I suppose our perspective is to look out for the little guy a little bit as, as part of this. Um, but going back to whether or not the VC is right or wrong, whether or not the investor is right or wrong, in thinking that we need more data they're right that we need more data. It was actually good to hear mm-hmm. that because there are things that we can do with data that is not that are not as privacy-centric. However, we don't need to completely cross over the threshold and just give it all away.
0: So you were being, um, is it fair to say that when you walked down there, I guess flew, you probably didn't walk, you probably flew? I did not walk off is, to Texas. It's a good decision. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patience. Uh, when you went down there, you were on the other side of the privacy, I mean, almost on the complete total end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, and that conversation's brought you back a little bit toward, more towards the middle, would be fair to say?
1: Uh, possibly. I mean, the, you're, you're, you're saying that I'm moving a little bit back towards doing some data. Collection. Collection of data. I think that there are other things. That we need. We need to be cognizant of the privacy aspect yeah but we also need to be cognizant of the value aspect if we have no metrics on anybody yeah. or anything well yeah that's a weakness yeah and so we need to we need to uh, deal with that right? okay and so we argue we need to find some math somewhere or you know some metrics around um, you know corporate performance employee performance overall there are things that we can do internally between employee and employer that um it can help obviously uh, what this uh, particular investor was pointing out was that we didn't have we didn't have any personal data we didn't have no pii on people yeah. we were re- actively rejecting the pii and you know coming from the background check industry you hold pii you hold risk yeah and so there's there's part of that is you know personally identifiable information is risk in today's data culture oh yeah now so we, so yeah. you got to find so we got to find a way way through that somehow um, one way to find a way through that is to completely turn the system over to the employees.
0: Yeah. Hard to, harder to make money that way,
1: I would assume. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What's an audience? It's the value of an audience? Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways to slice it. Yeah. I think that the idea is to be creative, not be, to, 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 to be creative about how you're, you're building your business and your code and your, and your, and your product. I think that being patient with what the market's doing and, and listening to the customers and understanding, you know, and, and even on the investor side, there, there are reasons that they're saying those things. I can't completely ignore them. That would be, uh, you know, incorrect. So, yeah. Um. We'll we we'll just have to we'll have to see how it plays out, so to speak. Yeah. No. But, but yeah, we've got we've got a sort of a broad vision how these things
0: come together. I think identity is a big part of that as well. So, So, uh, well cool. So we're wrapping up on our first 30 minutes. Episode one comes to a conclusion. All right. Um, Good conversation, enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly um, took it down a couple places that I didn't expect just based on some of our past conversations. Okay. Um, And certainly learned more about GATE staff and uh, kind of how the pivots came about I uh, really enjoyed it. As we kind of transition and think about next two, and hold our audience members to, to account to come back, uh, I want to talk more about this whole privacy piece um, okay. and the monetization of it. Um, how are you going to make money, right? Because at the end of the day, you're sure. you're not a nonprofit. Right. Um, you do or a government or whatever you want to call. Um, you do actually want to make money. So how do you monetize that? Um, I want to talk more about that fundraising. The fact that y'all pivot or at least shifted a little bit off Mm -hmm. after a conversation with investors, it's always interesting to kind of explore that a little bit further. And then I want to spend some time with Charlotte because sure. um, you and I have had some conversations on Charlotte. And I want to get you speaking with a little bit more um, traditional enthusiasm that you usually come across with. And I know that'll do it. So, oh, boy. Anyways. Um, so you're so, saying in,
1: seg- in segment
0: two. Yeah. Can... Those be some cuss words in segment two. So anyways. But no, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us on part uh, part one of the podcast. and certainly look forward to having you back here uh, for part two next week.
1: All right. That sounds great. Thanks, William. <laughs>
2: William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey and Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey and Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.